I'm Brian Lackey, and my wife Sandy and I are life group leaders of the Parents with Teens Life Group, and it's a privilege to be able to talk to you today. Um, uh, let's go ahead and put up the first slide. The title of my message today is, You Are What You Think. And um, I've got a sermon in a sentence in honor of Tony, uh, in a sentence or two. Let's go ahead and put that up there. So change your thoughts, change your life, and... Um, I need some interaction from you guys today. So what we're going to do is periodically throughout the sermon, we're going to say this out together, and we're going to say it seven times. And uh, of course, seven is the number of completeness and perfection. And so we're going to start together. Change your thoughts, change your life. Ready? Change your thoughts, change your life. Great. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter four. We're continuing this series, and uh, we're going to start in verse 17. I'm going to concentrate on 22 through 24 but I just want to give uh, some context. So verse 17, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do and the futility of their thinking. Some translations will say mind there. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness." So if we look back in verse 17, um, Paul says, and he insists this. I mean, he's, he's pretty serious about this. He says, I insist that you no longer live as the Gentiles do, which is pretty interesting because the letter was to Gentiles, right? And so, I mean, what's he saying? Well, we think back to, you know, previous messages, the Gentiles were saved, and, um, and so they were uh, brought into the kingdom um, at that point. Uh, yeah, give me one second here. Let me just pray real quick. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, it's not my words, it's yours, Father. And I just pray for clarity of mind right now, Lord. And uh, I just pray that, uh, that what needs to come out of my mouth for someone tonight will come, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And so... What I'm trying to say is the Gentiles have been grafted in, okay? The Gentiles um, were now a part of, of God's chosen people. That's the word I was trying to say. Um, so Paul says, um, no longer live as the, as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking or their minds. So believers, the believers should not live as the Gentiles do. So we look back at what they were doing. Well, it said... Um, they'd lost all sensitivity. They'd given themselves over to sensuality. They were indulging in every sort of impurity. So that's what they had done before they became believers. And so their life should be different now. They shouldn't look like they did before. And our lives should stand out as different to the lost world. Are we different? Are we different how we think? Do we look at the same um, websites um, as non-believers, do we watch the same movies? Do we laugh at the same jokes? There should be a difference. We are called out 
right? That's the word for soma. We're called out, but do we stand out? So if we're called out, we should stand out. We should look different. So let's go uh, look a little closer at verse 22 through 24. So you put that slide up there. Very good. Um, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. So what is the old self? So it's, it's how we used to live, right? Um, let's go to the next slide, Romans 6, 6 through 7. And I can't read that back there. All right. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So what that's saying is our old self died with Jesus 2,000 years ago, all right? That's just something, that's, that's something that takes faith. We have to believe that that's true. We can't live as sinners. We need to live as saints. Um, let's go back to Ephesians 22 again. <clears throat> God sees us not as sinners, but as saints. Um, now, there's a transition here. So... Um, We put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And then he talks about to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And then to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So how does that happen? Um, There's another verse, Romans 12, 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how? What is the mind, first of all? We have to know what the mind is for it to be transformed or renewed. And how, did, how do you change the attitude of your mind? Um, Dr. Carolyn Leaf is a cognitive neuroscientist with a PhD in communication pathology specializing in neuropsychology. And that's a mouthful, right? She is very smart. She has four degrees in this field. And 30 years of experience researching and teaching uh, and studying the mind-brain connection. Um, we, our life group did a series recently on, on detoxing your brain, and so this is where a lot of this comes, comes from. Let's go ahead and put up the next slide, the triune beings. So we're triune beings made up of a spirit, soul, and a body, and Carolyn Leaf defines it like this. The spirit is our intuition, and that's our gut feeling. That's where the Holy Spirit speaks to us. It's our communion, and that's our worship. We're made to worship. God designed us to worship, and we'll worship something. We'll either worship God, Satan, or me, myself, and I. And then the last thing is our conscience, so that's our right and wrong. So that makes up the spirit of man. So then you have the soul, and the soul is the mind. So there's the answer to our question. What is the mind? Well, it's our soul. What makes up the soul? It's our intellect, which is our ability to think, our emotions, which is our ability to feel, and our free will, which is our ability to choose. So those three things make up our mind. And then we have the body, which is the brain and everything else that we can see. So if you think about it, the, the mind is in the middle, right? So there's one foot in the door of the spirit and one foot in the door of the body. And so the mind is the gateway. And let's go to the next slide. So um, this is a direct quote from Carolyn Leaf. I hope you can read it. All right, the mind or the soul is designed to control the body of which the brain is a part, not the other way around. Our brain does not control us. We control our brain through our thinking and choosing. 
We can control our reactions to anything. Choices are real. You are free to make choices about how you focus your attention, and this affects how the chemicals, proteins, and wiring of your brain change and function. Research shows that DNA actually changes shape in response to our thoughts. Stress stage one is normal. Stress stage two and three, on the other hand, are our mind and body's response to toxic thinking. Basically, normal, normal stress gone wrong. Reaction is the key word here. You cannot control the events and circumstances of your life, but you can control your reactions. The interesting, the American Institute of Health estimates that 75 to 90% of all primary care visits in the United States are for stress-related problems. So the way we think is making us sick. Thoughts are real and physical things inside our heads. Carolyn Leaf describes it like this. It takes up mental real estate. Moment by moment, we are changing the structure of our brains by our thoughts. You can think of thoughts like trees. Um, Over here, think about a large Christmas tree. And I like to think about Christmas vacation, the big tree that was in Christmas vacation. And then over here, uh, we've got a small, withered Charlie Brown Christmas tree. All right? So this represents a healthy thought and what that looks like inside our brain. And this represents a toxic thought. Um, Thoughts um, grow branches like trees do. And those branches are called dendrites and they're made of proteins. The interesting thing is through the research, they found out that toxic thoughts, the proteins, um, they fold incorrectly. So that's why a toxic thought, if you look at it in the slide of a brain, it looks different than a non-toxic thought. Um, another interesting thing is they found through research that the front part of our brain was designed to capture thoughts. We're able and have the ability to, to get outside ourselves and to look at what's going on inside and analyze it, sort of like a movie playing. Um, and let's go to the next slide, Second uh, Timothy 1.7. Our brain was designed and wired for love, but we learned to fear. Um, another researcher that wasn't even a believer did some research uh, thinking that there were fear circuits in the brain. He expected to find that, but what he found was the opposite, that the brain was actually wired for love, and we learned to fear. So God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And what's so cool about Karen the Leaf is she's using science to prove what the Bible has said all along, and, uh, and that's what's so interesting about it. So what are some examples of toxic thoughts or toxic thinking? So any thought that might involve lust, hate, shame, unforgiveness is a big one, doubt, jealousy, any of those things would be toxic thoughts. Statements in your mind such as, God is tired of me, I'm not smart enough, I'm the only one that feels this way, I can't do this, no one cares about me, I'm alone, I didn't do it right the first time, I'm a loser. I will never be good enough. I will mess this up. No one understands. No one can ever know what I did. If people knew the real me, they would hate me. Or God won't use me because I can't hear him. So those are actually thoughts that some of my family members have had. So that's, that's real and, and personal. So speaking of real, let's get real. All right? So the, the Lord has been dealing with me on, on these issues for a while, and especially the, the past several months. 
in, um, in, in a couple of areas, and then one I'll, I mean, I'm just going to share with you, um, driving. My reaction to things that happen when I drive sometimes is not good, and, it, and I'm not set apart sometimes when I'm driving. I, I don't look different than non-believers when I'm driving, and it's something that the Lord has, has said, Brian, it's not good. You need to change this. And um, so we went through this series, Carolyn Leaf, and on the last Wednesday that we went through it, she has this little exercise that you do, and um, you, you ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what do I need to be thinking about in terms of toxic thought? And that came to mind. And then you do an exercise to replace it with something. And so, oh, I was feeling really good about that. And so we left. It was kind of late, you know, Wednesday night. And um, I had to go to the mall to get a pair of pants, um, because I ripped mine. Uh, it's one of those, I, I wear these khaki pants to work, and that's about the only time I wear them, and so I just wear them and wear them. And um, if you ever got a hole in your crotch, but you didn't know when you got it, you just found out at the end of the day that it's in there. Can you say crotch in church? Okay. So, so anyway, I needed some new pants. And so uh, myself, Sonia, and Gabe, we, all, we went to American Eagle, to get some pants, and they were having a big sale. And so I went to the sale rack, and I picked out a pair of pants and um, tried them on, and they were good enough to be half price. You know, they, they were good enough that I'd spend that amount of money on them. So Sonia and Gabe were still looking, and um, the store was about ready to close, and so we go to check out. Well, come to find out, those pants weren't on sale. Somebody had stuck them on the sale rack. So how did I react? Um, I didn't say anything bad. I didn't curse or anything like that. But my facial expressions, everything gave exactly what I was thinking to this young, young man who was checking me out. And, and it wasn't good. And um, Sonia was embarrassed. She tried to start covering up for me, you know, how a good wife will do. And, um, and Gabe, I'm sure, was was mortified. And so we get home and we're sitting at the kitchen and we're talking about it. And Gabe said, Daddy, you really shouldn't have, have acted like that. And, and this actually came out of my mouth. I said, well, I can't control my emotions. Okay, now I'm going to stop right here and I'm going to back up years, okay? So I'm going to back up. Gabe is 15, back up to when Gabe was nine, and even further back when Grayson was nine. So Grayson and Gabe are, are good baseball players and, and they're both pitchers. Um, and one of the things I taught them from a young age was always be in control of your emotions on the mound. If things are going good and you're winning by five runs, I want you to look like that, and I want you to look the same if you're losing by five runs. I want you to look the same if you get a bad call at home plate or if a shortstop boots a ball and you don't get the third out. So, and they were both, and they still are, very good at that. I mean, that's, they excel at that. I've had parents and coaches and stuff come up to me and say, man, I wish my son would act like your kids on the mound. So... I've been proud of him for that. So fast forward back to the conversation in the kitchen. I said, I can't control my emotions. And Gabe looks at me. He said, what if I was on the mound and I didn't get the call that I should have gotten and I grab my hat and I throw it on the ground and I get upset. Would that be okay? So I thought about it and I said what any good father would say. I said, shut up, Gabe. (laughs) And so... But what had happened was the Holy Spirit used Gabe's words to go straight through the middle of my heart. And I knew it right away that that was a word from the Lord. And I told Gabe later, I said, hey, listen, you were right on. 
you said it respectfully, and the, and the Holy Spirit used you to speak to me and, and something that I needed. And so, yeah. But I had the opportunity to go back and apologize to the young man that I was ugly to and, and just you know, tell him that I was sorry and to please forgive me, and I, I shouldn't have reacted that way. And so hopefully he saw something from the Lord from me, at least in humbling myself and apologizing. So anyhow, um, did I look different from non-believers in those situations? Uh, no. And so that's something that we all probably need to think about. Um, if I'm called out, I should stand out. Um, yeah. So let's go to the next slide. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. Um, the choice is laid out before us. Um, I can't read that. Yeah, you guys can read this. For this day I called, let's see, I really can't read this. This day I called the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. So if we go back to the tree analogy, and so we have the beautiful Christmas tree over here and we have the Charlie Brown Christmas tree over here. Um, We have the choice if our mind is in the middle and, and those two come together. Now, there's no middle ground with the Lord. So where one ends, the other begins, all right? And so we have a choice. We, we can either love or we can fear because those are opposite, right? Uh, blessings and cursings, life and death, um, healthy thoughts and toxic thoughts. Um, and here's another thing. We need to live and act as if we're, we are saved. We're, we're no longer sinners, right? We're saints. Um, the Lord um, has, has done all that for us. And so if we're continually acting um, in a negative way and focusing on sin, that's still a toxic thought. And so we need to move over towards the saint side with our thoughts. Um, it's an insult to God because God made us in his image and God is perfect, Right? And Jesus died for us and paid for our sins long ago. For us to say, well, um, I did this because I'm not perfect. Well, that's an insult to God because we're made perfect. And Carolyn Leaf describes it like this. She says, you're made to to live and function when you're a believer on this side. You're, You're made perfect. She calls it, you're perfectly you. She says, you may choose to come over here and sin, and this is your imperfectly you. But God didn't design you to function there. So we're to be over here on this side. Um, how do you change the attitude of your mind? So that's the question, right? So we, I can identify where we fall short. So how do we change it? Um, through research, again, Carolyn Leaf says, you can build a new thought by um, meditating seven minutes a day for 21 days. You can make that thought a habit with another two cycles of 21 days, totaling 63 days. So it does take work. It takes um, um, intentional thought. Um, but I, I would really encourage you to, to look at her books, to look on YouTube. She's got a lot of stuff on YouTube. She has a website. There's all sorts of her information out there. And I would really encourage you to start looking at that. I mean, I just, just barely scratched just the surface of what she teaches. Um, But the Lord has given me something specific, um, and I call it peace of mind. And so let's go to the next slide. Um, This is what, and again, when I agreed to speak, you know, it forced me to kind of 
take everything and try to make some sense out of it and what the Lord has been showing me. And so this, this is it. This is, this is what he's been showing me over these past several months. So ways to, um, to change the attitude of your mind. Pray continually, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Constant dialogue with the Holy Spirit. Praise him, thank him, uh, confess to him. And um, see the acronym there, I cheated. I'm putting two P's in the P for peace. So the, the other one is pursue righteousness, 2 Timothy 2.22. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, love, uh, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So have you ever thought about that, what it looks like to pursue righteousness? It's a lot different to pursue righteousness and to think about, oh gosh, I hope I don't lust again. I, I pray I don't do this. Those are two separate things. When you're pursuing something, you're moving forward. And uh, I think back to football days. I mean, what it looks like for a linebacker who pursues a running back. I mean, you know, you're getting after it. You're trying to get someplace. And so we know we're not made righteous on our own, right? I mean, the Lord tells us that. But think of it like this. We pursue righteousness out of love for our father. And you think back when you were kids, if, if um, you wanted to do something for your dad just because you loved him, like you mowed the yard or, or something, just because you loved him, you, you just wanted him to praise you, um, so our heavenly father is just like that. He likes for us to do things just because we love him. And, um, and he, he rewards us. That's why he gives us choices. He gives us choices this side and this side because he wants to reward us when we make the right choice. Um, anyway, focusing on, on my sin uh, leads to toxic thinking. So we're trying not to do that. We're trying to get on the other side. So ways that you can pursue righteousness. Read the Bible. Memorize scripture, uh, listen to podcasts, go to church, go to church regularly, uh, worship daily. So not just on Saturday nights, it's great here on Saturday nights, uh, but worship daily. And, I, and I'll make just another confession to you. I'm not a musical person. I wasn't blessed with those gifts and I'm a little insecure about it, to be honest with you. And so, yeah, I just have to kind of make myself it's a beautiful noise. Well, it's a joyful noise to the Lord. It may not be a beautiful noise, but, but worship, regardless if you can sing, worship, put yourself out there. The Lord will honor you and the Lord will bless it. Um, where were we? Worship daily. Uh, give. Oh, this is a whole nother thing. This could be a whole nother sermon. And the Lord last year just really laid on my heart to do something specific with our giving and I just cannot tell you, I mean, Tony knows, I mean, how I've shared with him just how the Lord has just continually blessed us financially this year as a result. And so give, that's a way to pursue righteousness. Um, life groups, get involved with a life group. Um, it, you just come in here, sitting on, on Saturday night is great, but if you get involved in a life group and you get involved in other people's lives, that's a way to pursue righteousness. And not only that, Within your life group, find yourself an accountability partner. That way you can share struggles. You can share, um, rejoice when things, things go good. Um, that's super important. So find somebody that you can trust and find an account, accountability partner. Um, the next one, eyes on Jesus. <clears throat> Hebrews 12, one through two. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. This is kind of the same thought. Um, 
keep moving forward uh, in your journey. Uh, The Lord has a plan for you. Keep moving forward in it. Stop looking back where you were. Satan is going to try to remind you of where you were, okay? And uh, just don't fall for that trap. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not the sin. Remember, if we take our eyes off Jesus, we sink. Um, Be aware of thoughts and take them captive. Romans 8, 5 through 6. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. All right. So here's where we start getting towards the end here. All right. We're going to start declaring um, uh, the sermon in the Senate. So we're going to say, change your thoughts, change your life. You ready? Change your thoughts, change your life. All right. 2 Corinthians 10 uh, 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So what I want you to think about is exercise the frontal lobe of your brain. That's the part of your brain that, is, that God designed to take thoughts captive. So I want you to take your thoughts, all of your thoughts. He says, take all of your thoughts captive and put them in jail. Use the word of God. Use the Holy Spirit to test it, to try it. Is this from God? If it's from God, great. Take it, meditate on it. If it's not, replace it with something else. Choose life over death. Deuteronomy 30, 19, we've already talked about this. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I've set out before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that, choose life so that you and your children may live. Sin passed on from one generation to the next. Um, sin is passed on from one generation to the next by altered DNA from a toxic thought life. They've actually found that in research. Um, choose life out of love for your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. So did you hear what I said? So not only does your toxic thoughts affect you, it affects someone else. I've actually heard somebody say that, well, my alcoholism doesn't affect anybody but me. No, he's wrong. However, this is the grace of the Lord. This is amazing. Your predisposition for sin is not a death sentence. And the reason why is you still have a choice. Therefore, we are not victims of our biology. All right, we're going to say it again. Ready? Change your thoughts, change your life. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. All right, let's say it again. Ready? Change your thoughts, change your life. Colossians 3, 2. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Say it again. Change your thoughts, change your life. And then the last point is excellent thoughts. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. So the Lord tells us what to think on. It's, it's right here. So 
what I do is I have some replacement thoughts. If something creeps in, lust, you know, whatever it is, if something starts creeping in my mind, I recognize it and I have replacement thoughts. And I would recommend that you each get your own replacement thoughts. Specific, be specific and um, be as detailed as you can. So I'm going to describe to you my replacement thoughts or some of them. I, I see a, a white, white room, big, giant white room. And I see a white throne. And the throne, it looks hard because it, it looks like um, the edges are really, um, I don't know, sharp. Uh, it looks like it's, I don't know, made out of concrete, but it's, it's white. And sitting on the throne is Jesus. And he's got a crown on his head. And his, his hands are, are, are draped, you know, over the end of the throne. And I start walking towards him. And Jesus stands up. And he comes to me with a big smile on his face and his arms open wide. And he grabs me. And he pulls me in close and says, well done. Well done. So find, find some thoughts to go to. Other thoughts that I have is my wife, Sonia, has the most beautiful smile in the world. And so I think of Sonia. I, I see her in my mind, and I see her with her big, beautiful smile, and um, it changes things for me. I think of my kids. I think of them um, in their giftings and their talents and just doing things that, that pleases the Lord. I, I think of them loving each other sacrificially. So those are the thoughts. Anything that's pure, excellent, think on those things. I'll say it again. Change your thoughts, change your life. I want to finish with this. Um, One last verse, Philippians 4. I think I have a slide. Do not be anxious about anything, even speaking in front of people, right? But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let's say it one last time, the seventh time, uh, number of completion. Ready? Change your thoughts, change your life. Thank you, guys. God bless you.